0: This is At the Core of Care, a podcast where people share their stories about nurses and their creative efforts to better meet the health and healthcare needs of patients, families, and communities. I'm Sarah Hexam Hubbard, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Action Coalition and the National Nurse-Led Care Consortium. This is part one of our special two-part series about scope of practice regulations for nurse practitioners. In the United States, 26 states now grant full practice authority meaning that NPs or nurses who have advanced degrees can deliver care without restrictions. Whereas 13 states have what is often described as reduced practice and 11 states have restricted practice. On this episode, we're gonna hear from Lynn Hurd, a nurse practitioner in Pennsylvania where current regulation is described as reduced practice. That means NPs like Lynn are fully able to provide a full spectrum of care They can prescribe medicine, order tests, assess and diagnose patients, make referrals, but only if they have something called a collaborative agreement, typically with at least two physicians, though during the pandemic, that requirement was reduced to one. For more than two decades, Lynn has worked as a family nurse practitioner and had a collaborative agreement with the same physician. But in 2020, the doctor closed the practice, and Lynn has since been unable to find a new collaborating physician. I got
1: a message that he would no longer continue as my collaborating physician, and I was scrambling. I tried multiple avenues to try to find a new collaborative physician, and I just was not able to do that. So, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I had to send out letters to patients to say, You need to find a new physician or a new healthcare provider because I don't have a collaborating physician at this time. So, they You know, we're disappointed, needless to say. You know, I still get phone calls from them today saying, when are you going to be able to, you know, take me on as a patient again? They call me and say, well, my doctor prescribed this. What do you think about it? They're always looking for input. And unfortunately, I'm just not able to be their primary care provider.
0: We're also going to hear from two of Lynn's longtime patients, including Bonnie McFarland, She's no longer able to see Lynn and refuses to choose a new primary care provider.
2: Why can't we have a choice? That's how I feel about it. My choice is Lynn. I want Lynn. I don't want the doctors who don't take no time. I want Lynn who spends the
0: time with me. Bonnie's hope is that Pennsylvania will eventually adopt full-practice authority and that she can go back to seeing Lynn. With full-practice authority now in effect in the majority of the United States, another one of Lynn's patients, Susan Donsis, is wondering why Pennsylvania lawmakers are not in favor of independent practice for nurse practitioners. I'd like to know who's pushing back. Like, why?
3: Maybe those people that are pushing back have never been, like me, just to a nurse practitioner.
0: In 2020, we interviewed Lynn for At the Core of Care when Passnap named her School Nurse of the Year in Pennsylvania. She's worked a total of 26 years as a full-time school nurse in Northeastern Pennsylvania, and is now in the process of retiring from that position. But over the course of her career, Lynn also worked part-time as a family nurse practitioner in a doctor's office. And in 2018, she opened her own office just down the road from where she lives and continued to see patients from that practice regularly.
1: It's a very small exam room. There is one exam table. I have my um, desk with my computer uh, in one area and the other. I have another little counter with my printer and a little table with my otoscope and my audiometer and blood pressure cuffs, uh, vision chart on the wall. There's a sink in the room and I have a small file. And everything else is through my electronic medical record. So very tiny, but
0: it suffices and it it works. Lynn says the working relationship she had with the same family physician for 25 years was both collaborative and independent.
1: I was very autonomous. You know, I would go to him if I had a question, which wasn't very often. Same thing, he would come to me if he had questions regarding immunizations or a patient that I had seen you know, or something that I documented. But, you know, I was pretty independent there. So we worked as a team. You know, it wasn't that one was above the other. We just met the needs that we needed to and and worked as that team. I was more wellness focused when I met with a patient. If they were ill, why do you think you got ill? What could we do to prevent this in the future? Whether it was a, a minor sinus infection or, you know, if it was even something more than that, you know, diabetic, what can you do to change your lifestyle? What modifications can you make? So I spent a lot of time educating patients and extra time going through things that they could do differently in their life. I would use medications as more of a last resort and see what changes we could make rather than adding a medicines only because of the side effects of medicines. And The main key for me was to establish rapport with the not only the patient, but with the family. There were times where the family would come into the office visit because they had just as many questions as the patient. And I was open to that. Not all providers are open to that. They like to talk to the individual themselves. I feel that health is a family affair and that we need to work together and meet the needs of the individual patient.
0: For two years now, Lynn has tried to find a new collaborating physician, but has struggled to do so. In Pennsylvania, you have to have a collaborating physician and then you have to have a co-signed. And I did contact
1: the person that had co-signed and he was not willing to do that. Also close to retirement age, he did not want to take on that that role. So I tried the American Medical Association, you know, I tried multiple physicians that I had known, but a lot of the physicians that I've worked with in the past work for an organization. So they cannot collaborate with someone outside of their organization. It's very hard to find an independent physician. Everyone is working for, you know, a conglomerate. They're working for a big healthcare system Most of our independent practice providers in this area are working for an organization. I've actually paused the search. Um, I did have some that had offered. It was more than I could afford. Some wanted a fee. I never had to pay a fee before. So in Pennsylvania, you need two. So for one physician, it was 500 a month. So if you had to get a second one, that's $1,000 a month. I was doing this part-time. I was really just trying to meet the needs of patients, provide them with healthcare that they really were comfortable with. And I couldn't afford a thousand dollars a month or more.
0: Without a collaborative agreement, Lynn cannot prescribe medications. She's still able to conduct physicals, which she mainly does for patients who hold commercial driver's licenses or CDLs. She's also providing patient physical exams at a residential mental health facility. So
1: right now, the only thing that I do is physical exams for commercial drivers. I have a a national certification as a commercial driver medical examiner. So that's just what I'm doing here in the office. I do... work part-time for inpatient mental health. I have a collaborating physician that was hired by that agency and that through that collaborating physician, I only prescribe for those patients. So nothing outside of that agency. And that was all arranged through my employment. I'm a contractor through that agency.
0: Lynn isn't sure about the future viability of her family practice, but sees a need for nurse practitioners in rural areas like where she lives, who can help provide broader access to primary care.
1: You know, there certainly is a need in Pennsylvania. I think the need is, especially in smaller areas, rural areas, I think there's a lack of medical providers overall. There's not a lot of physicians that are going into primary care. So as a primary care provider, I know when I've overstepped my boundaries. I know when a patient needs to see a specialist. So I'm going to refer them to that specialist when I feel uncomfortable providing care. And I'm going to be honest with them and say, at this point, you need to see a specialist because your care that's needed is well above my primary care role. I mean, I have that background and experience. I've been doing it for a long time. And now all of a sudden, my hands are tied. I can't do, you know. And I think that's what lawmakers need to understand is that we're not coming right out of school and saying, okay, I can be an independent practitioner. You have to have that experience and that comfort with it in order to provide quality care.
0: One of the patients Lynn is still able to see is Susan Donsis. Susan lives nearby and recalls when Lynn told her that she no longer had a collaborative agreement.
3: She told me she would not be able to prescribe medication. And I'm fortunate enough that I don't need any. I'm lucky that I just take vitamins. Because she said, you know, that would be the only hindrance if I would need medication prescribed. She wouldn't be able to do it. I've been a patient with Lynn for probably... 20 years. And I just, I get a physical every year. You know, she gets blood work within a day or, you know, the next day, whenever the blood, she gets it. She calls me and lets me know how everything was. So, yeah, yeah. she keeps uh, she keeps me going, keeps me healthy. I don't go to anyone else. Yeah, she doesn't beat around the bush. And uh, to be able to come to see a nurse practitioner, someone that you're familiar with, happy with, and want to continue to see, and in my later years or, you know, who knows, from day to day, if I will need medication, if something does happen, and then I wouldn't be able to see her. Susan is one of the very
1: few that I continue to see. She's not on any medications, so I just order her blood work and if she needs her due for her mammogram or colonoscopy, I could set that up. But for the most part, she's the only one. <laughs> I do, you know, some of my CDL physicals, other ones that I've seen, but for the most part, a lot of people are on medications and I, I'm unable to do that. And so you know, the testing I can do under my nurse practitioner license. And so that's, I keep it
3: very simple. It's just so comfortable to find one person, you know, like you, not to have to go to somebody else. Like you were saying, you don't want to be switching. And how about the aging community? Like soon when I retire, I'll still be able to have Blue Cross and Blue Shield, but then Medicare kicks in. So are there nurse practitioners that will accept Medicare? And some doctors don't even accept Medicare. You know, I'm worried that when I get 70 or older, like where am I gonna go? I don't know if that will become an issue. Well, I
1: know that there's programs out there. You know, a lot of the bigger organizations have created geriatric programs and facilities just for the elderly. So there is opportunities out there through Geisinger. So I'm sure you'll find someone to care for you. But I know that's, you know, you want to find somebody close to home and somebody that you feel comfortable with. So, yes, I went through all of the credentialing and all of that with all of the insurance companies. You know, I have a Medicare, Medicaid number. But when I had to limit my practice and I could not see people, the billing aspect was really not even worth it for me. So at this point, I see people for like $30. Or like if I'm doing a, a CDL physical, it's a little bit more. And most people have a copay of 30 or $45. So if I just Charge $30 for a visit. That's, you know, very fair. And people are very, they're comfortable with that. I'm not out to make a ton of money. I just want to take care of people and give them the best care that they can get. And I, I think I'm able to do that. It goes back to, like, you know, when I was a kid, we had a family doctor. He would come to the house, you like, you relied on him for everything. And now, We don't even have that connection with a provider anymore. And I think that connection is so important.
3: And you know that person is going to take care of you. And that's what's so special about having them in the community or so close by, instead of having to find someone else.
0: Whereas it's been a different story for Bonnie McFarland. She lives nearby and had seen Lynn as her primary care provider for almost 20 years. Bonnie is upset about what happened to Lynn and has chosen to be without a primary care provider for two years now. Oh yeah, she sent me a letter and I called her right up. I said, what's going on? What, what, I can't do this. And
2: she's like, she said, I can't do it anymore. She said, the doctor dropped me. And I said, well, that's ridiculous because she's got a lot under her belt, Lynn does. And... I don't feel she should have to worry with her qualifications. She shouldn't have to worry about having a doctor right there to coincide. She knows what she's doing. She's had enough training. So someone in her position, no, they should be okay where there should be a list of doctors that she could call if she needs a second opinion that would give her the second opinion or talk it over with her. She shouldn't have to be in the boat she's in now, not to mention all her patients that she had. She takes the time to listen to everything, for you to explain everything of what's going on. She's not pushing you out the door. If you're in with her an hour, you're in with her an hour. I'm not a doctor person. I don't go to the doctors. She makes you feel comfortable. She listens, and then she acts upon it and does what she feels is right. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. I had melanoma skin cancer. I had a mole that in a month's time went from normal to black. So I called up Lynn. I said, Lynn, something's going on here. I want you to check it out. So she immediately got me an appointment in, came in, she looked at it. She turned around, she got on her computer, started making me all kinds of appointments. By the time I left her office, I had appointments for the dermatology to get it checked. And with the surgeon to have it double checked. So her quick reaction kept me from just letting it go because without her, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have gone. And you know, I went and I, they called me up and said, yeah, it was cancer. And I went to see the doctor and he told me, he said, this is going to kill you. He said, we got to get in and take this out. So they did, they cut my shoulder open. He took out a large mass in that time. Lynn had called a couple times to see how I was.
1: I don't know that enough people know about The situation with nurse practitioners, you know, when they go in to see them, they don't know that behind the scenes you have to have a collaborative physician. Then they get very comfortable with them and, you know, you lose your collaborating agreement and they're without a provider that they've felt very comfortable with for years. My choice is Lynn. I want Lynn. I
2: don't want the doctors who don't take no time. I want Lynn who spends the time with me.
1: I know, but there's sometimes when you have to see someone else if you're sick. You can't just ignore health problems.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the hospital then, and I'll see somebody. But as to pick a permanent one, no, not I'm not ready for that yet, Lynn. You're you're <laughs> the long one. As soon
1: as you're seeing your dermatologist,
2: you yeah. okay. I got to make another appointment. Maybe yeah, appointment. every six months I have to go for it. So. And they're watching a couple, but like I said, they asked where to send it. And they said, well, you know, no, you keep it here because until Lynn gets back in, uh, I'm not picking a
1: family doctor. You know, I just care about the patients themselves. And hopefully other people do that too. But I don't want her to miss out on something important health-wise in the meantime. And I think the other thing that's hard is we've had, like when the office closed. We did lose that office. There was one office left in the area. And when I closed, I referred a lot of people to that office. And then that office closed. So people were like bouncing back and forth from provider to provider, and they just couldn't get established. So then that office closed. Now there's another one open, not accepting a lot of patients. We have another one that's opening. But still, when you choose a provider, you want to be with that provider for a period of time and you want to get established. You don't want to have to bounce back and forth.
0: Well,
2: I mean, I think a lot of people, like I said, nowadays, they're not just seeing the doctor. A lot of them are seeing the nurse practitioners. And, you know, like she said, they're, everybody's bouncing. There should be no bouncing. The nurse practitioners are capable. We see them more often. Let them have more of a say in in what goes on with people. These lawmakers, if New York can do it, why can't they do it here? We need somebody, Lynn is important up here, very important to a lot of people, as well as the other nurse practitioners. So they just need to get off their high horses and do something about it instead of dragging their feet. They ought to talk to patients if they're so worried about it. Well, call us, call me on the phone. And ask me, and I will tell you, like I told you here in the thing, how they're important. I'm not the only one out there who is not comfortable with a lot of doctors because they don't give you the time. It's come in, boom, 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 all right, out the door. She's the one. I had everything set up before I left here. It wasn't the doctor she was collaborating with, and that's what we need nowadays. Everything is money, 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 money. No. No. How about people's lives?
1: That's more important than money. And I appreciate that, Bonnie, your support. And I think that we have to get legislators to understand that perspective and understand how patients wanna see someone that they feel comfortable with. And I I just, we keep repeating that, but I think that's the important key right here is that we need to have that choice of who, what provider we wanna see. And there are some wonderful physicians out there. There are some wonderful nurse practitioners. You may have one that you don't feel comfortable with, but then you have the choice to switch to someone else.
0: Next time on At the Core of Care, we'll continue with part two of our special coverage and discuss broader scope of practice trends across the country. Joining us for that conversation, our nurse practitioner and state policy expert, Tay Kapanos from the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, along with Pennsylvania State Senator, Kamara Bartolotta, to talk about removing barriers to care here in Pennsylvania. It's estimated that over the next five years,
3: one in three primary care providers will be a nurse practitioner. I think as we're
1: looking at the workforce, what we're really looking at is how are we going to effectively use people where they are located? And so one of the most important lessons that has come out of COVID is our healthcare system was broken before, and we know now where we need to fix it. We need to build in efficiencies so that we're utilizing everyone at the top of their license, that we're retiring outdated bureaucratic barriers that stand in the way of patients getting care.
0: Support for this episode comes from the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. You can find our most current and past episodes of At the Core of Care wherever you get your podcasts or at PAActionCoalition.org. You can stay up to date with us on social media at paaction and at Nurse Care. At the Core of Care is produced by Stephanie Maroudis of Covenda Media and mixed by Brad Linder. I'm Sarah Hexham-Hubbard of the Pennsylvania Action Coalition. Thanks for joining us.